the scripture reading, I'm going to ask everyone but, but the moms, everyone except the moms, to be seated. And then, moms, we're going to pray specifically for you today. So the Lord's word in 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy, and he was thinking back on how Timothy ended up like he was, a very good minister of the gospel. And so Paul recognized the influence of Timothy's folks in his life. So here's what he said. 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers, night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. For I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. And for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me for the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Everyone except moms would be seated, please. Moms, if you'll remain standing. Personally, I want to thank you. There's not enough that we could say to give any manner of gratitude that is equal to the task you face every day. And we are deeply indebted to you. Let's pray together. Father, this is a sweet and special time. We've watched graduates celebrate. We've seen babies and families committed. And we've both in humor and in seriousness, celebrated the great gifts that moms are to us. And so we want to give you praise. And thank you for our moms. And we want to give you praise and thank you for their impact, their influence, their love, their example for us. And so this day, by the grace of Jesus... We pray you bless them and encourage them. They live in a world that has reduced the value of womanhood and motherhood and has become utilitarian in its view of females as a gender. And I pray you forgive us as a nation and as humanity for doing so. And we pray by the grace of Jesus that you will make them greatly aware of the wonderful influence, the credible, God-given power they have. And that they will wield it in a way that will give you glory, them joy, and all who are touched by them grace and peace as an invitation to Christ himself. We are truly thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give these moms a hand? Before I'm seated, I want to welcome who is speaking today. A couple of months ago at our men's retreat, one of the men in our church, Robert Merchant, shared his testimony at the men's retreat. And as I sat and soaked that in and listened about the testimony of how God used Robert's mom in his life. I said, not only would it be great for the whole congregation to hear that, but it would be a fitting reminder on Mother's Day of the influence of one godly woman. And so after the trio shares with us in celebration of Christ in song, Robert is going to come and share his testimony. And I ask you to pray for him. This is the first time he's ever stood in front of a group this size to share his testimony. So pray that the Lord would settle his heart and his mind and that one crazy butterfly that's in his stomach. Pray for him.
place is empty. No more traffic in the streets. All the builders' tools are silent. No more time to harvest wheat. Busy housewives cease their labors. In the courtrooms, no debate. Work on earth has been suspended as the king comes through the gate. The king is coming. The king is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now his face I see. The King is coming, the King is coming, praise God, He's coming for me. Happy faces line the hallway. Those whose lives have been redeemed, broken homes that he has mended, those from prison he set free, little children and the aged, and in hand stand on who were crippled, broken. Chariots rumble, I can see the marching throne, and the flurry of God's trumpet spells the end of sin and wrong. Regal robes are now unfolding, heaven's grand stands all in place, heaven's choir is now a How do you follow that? 
Uh, if it seems I'm a little nervous up here today, it's, it's because I am. It's, uh, it's, very, it's a very uh, hard thing for me to do. I'm way, just so you know, way outside my comfort zone. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's not something that I would have chose to do, but I feel like it's something that, you know, God wanted. He was, uh, he was wanting me to do. Uh, if it hadn't have been for that, you know, you know, if I hadn't felt like, you know, God leading me, I'd have probably just, you know, God, you know, not me, God, not me. I can't get up there in front of all them people. They're all looking at me, expecting me to say something nice, you know. So, uh, but, you know, through God, uh, all things are possible. Uh, and I'm a living example of that. And uh, so let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day, God, I thank you for the life that you've given me. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, through your grace that I can even stand here today and uh, say this. And I just pray now, Lord, that you close my mouth, God, and you speak through me. Let nothing that I say or uh, nothing that comes from my mouth be anything of me, Lord, but let it all be of you. And even as the day of Pentecost, Lord, just stir hearts, Lord. Move in this place, Lord, as your spirit abounds. I pray that you speak, Lord, and move. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Like Brother Bart was saying uh, at our men's retreat here, whenever it was, early March, uh, one night, Kenneth McCall come up and said, "Hey, I want you to give your testimony." You know, I'm, you know, I thought, sure, you know, forty, fifty guys there, I can do that. You know, it's not like all of y'all sitting out here today. Uh, but uh, I said, sure, I, you know, because I feel like, you know, at any time we're we're called as believers in Christ that we should we should be ready to give a give a word, you know, of what Christ has done for us in our lives. And I, uh, I so, I, I'm, I was willing today and, you know, after that, Brother Bart come up to me or passed me in the hall and said, hey, one Sunday I want you to give your testimony in church. And I was like, yeah, right. You know, I thought to myself, I didn't say that to him, you know. <laughs> I knew he was serious, you know, and I was like, uh, not going to happen. <laughs> so, but, you know, I felt God was, you know, you know, calling. So I started praying about it. And, you know, uh, I started praying. It seemed like everywhere I turned and everything that, uh, when I was praying, every, every situation seemed like it led to, yeah, you know, I'm going to want you to do that. I'm going to want you to do that. And, uh, I was praying and, uh, I prayed one, you know, one day and I said, you know, God, if that's what you want me to do, he said, I want you to do it and I'm going to want you to do it on Mother's Day. I said, I didn't pay any attention to that, you know. Uh, I I mean, I didn't know and I didn't pay attention. I was paying attention, but I I didn't put a lot of thought into it, you know. But uh, I didn't hear a couple of Sundays ago, Pastor Bart uh, come up and. He said, okay, we've decided. Staff and I, you're going to give your testimony on Mother's Day. And I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> really, God, you know, really? Is that? And so it was, it was pretty much a, a confirmation, you know, that I had uh, that God was wanting me to do this. And I feel like, I feel like that as I babble through it, you know, probably... See my uncomfortableness as I stand here, but you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go through it. And I uh, even you know I, I had read at work we do a little a little devotion time that uh, God spoke to me. You know even through you know Billy Graham he had he had a lot of nerves. He, one of the one of our uh, one of our uh, one of our little devotions. One of the mornings while we were praying about it was uh, 
It says, uh, hope, li- uh, hope lives. No, no, it says, now go. Now go. It said, more than 10,000 evangelists and Christian leaders sat in a giant auditorium in Amsterdam in 1986 listening to the world-renowned evangelist Billy Graham. I sat among them listening as he narrated some of his experiences. And then to my surprise, he said, let me tell you, every time I stand before a congregation of God's people to preach, I tremble and my knees wobble. I I understand that point real well right now. And uh, so I said, what? I wondered, how can such a great preacher who has enthralled millions with his powerful sermons exhibit a tribbling exhibit trembling and wobbly knees and then and then he went on to describe not fear or stage fright but intense humility and meekness as he felt inadequate for the daunting task to which God had called him he relied he relied on God for strength not on his own eloquence so as billy graham said that day when God calls you to do, to do something, do not be afraid of trembling and wobbly knees, for he will be with you. And uh, I took comfort in that. Even, you know, uh, a great man such as Billy Graham, it says, it says a lot, you know, it's, it's even as difficult as it is. But, uh, you know, I, I hadn't always been able to stand before anyone and, and speak about anything that... Uh, you know, as far as what, you know, speak to what God's done in my life. And, uh, but I can today, and I can say that, and I owe that to uh, awesome parents, a, a loving mom. Moms moms are awesome. And, you, you know, moms have, a, that was a kind of a funny little uh, video there, but it hit home so, so much. You moms are so so special every one of you are special everyone you know kids don't run to dad when they fall and hurt their knee they run to mama mama it's always mama <laughs> you know and there's a special connection there uh, and and i'm just thankful for the the parents that i had i'm thankful for the mom that i had in my life and it's uh it's kind of a special day for me it's a it's a sad day. It's a special day, though, because this is, this is the first Mother's Day in about seven years that my mom has spent with my dad in heaven. Because back in March, uh, my mom went on to be with God. And she's with my dad today, and they're, you know, they're happy. They're, uh, they're celebrating Mother's Day together with the Lord. And uh, it's a special day. And they were special in my life. And, you know, uh, as a child, I was raised in church. Uh, I was raised. Uh, my d- dad was a deacon. My mom was just a servant. She was just a servant. Everything that she could do, she did. She was always helping. She was cooking, you know. She was just one of those women that were there, you know. And you have women that you think about in your life that moms that are, you know, that there. They just do what God leads them to do. And, and uh, my mom was one of those women. And uh, I think about it. You know, I was raised in church. And I went, as I, as I grew up in church, I knew... If the doors come open, you know, I was, I was, we were there, you know. It was one of those things that, uh, that we did because, you know, I had godly parents. And, and so as a, as a young teenager, you know, a high school teenager, uh, I got in high school and, I, uh, you know, one Sunday in church, I started, uh, some of the youth have started giving their life to Christ. And I'm like, you know, what am I? Why? Why? I think God's leading me to do that. I think God wants me to be saved. I think he wants me to come down and and be a uh, get saved, you know. And so I did. As a, as a youth, I, I, I walked the aisle and I talked to the preacher and I shook his hand. But 
you know, there was never really uh, that moment where I knew that that uh, I had committed my life to Christ. And so I went through the motions, you know. I went through the motions as a, as a, as a teenager, as a, a youth person. I went through the motions and... I got on up into high school and I started I started hanging out with people that, you know, people that weren't godly, you know, people that didn't they didn't care about God. They didn't care if if I, you know, if I professed to be this or if I professed to be that and you know, you know, and I wanted to hang out with them cuz they were you know, they were popular. They were the they were the ones that uh they were the ones that everybody wanted to hang out with, you know. So I started, I started drifting away from God and church stuff and just doing the th- world things of my own. And I started doing, you know, I started as a, as a, even as I graduated, you know, and that's how it's so important for you graduates to just hold tight to God because, you know, that old saying, you know, Satan will, take you further down that road than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. And he did. He did in my life. He got me down that road and he just kept me there. He kept me. And uh, I got out of high school and I started living, living a life like I knew that I shouldn't, a life that I knew that I wasn't raised I wasn't taught by a godly mother or a godly father that to live. I, I knew I wasn't living that life. And uh, so time, you know, time went on and, you know, I met my wonderful wife now. And uh, we started dating and it wasn't long after we dated for a few years that, that we got married. And I had kids, and uh, kids change everything. Uh, you, you people, you, you parents that stood here today, y'all are in for an, uh, just a, an awesome blessing. And kids change everything. And you know, all this time, uh, as I was living in this life, I had a parent. My mom would tell me, she would say something. She would say, son, you know you're not living like you should. I said, yeah, mom, I know. She said, I'm praying for you. I said, okay, mama, thank you. I need it. I need it, Mama. Daddy would tell me, boy, you need to get back in church. I say, yeah, Daddy, I know. But I just I just kept on. So I had kids. And uh, Mama would say, son, you need to you need to bring in kids to church. You need to bring them to church. I say, yeah, I know, Mama. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring them. She said, well, why don't you just bring them over? I'll take them. I say, okay. So I started taking them. On Sunday mornings, I'd get up, you know, and then I would, uh, I would take them to a Mama church. She'd take them to church, and she'd invite them. I'd us over for dinner afterwards, you know. Dinner, Mama's was always good on Sunday, you know. It seemed like it was better on Sundays than any other time. But uh, I, uh, I would just, I just, you know, kept on, kept on doing. I, I wasn't uh, going the way God had wanted me to go. So as. Uh, as it went on, you know, you know, and that's why I believe that pursuing the uh, experiencing God thing, God is always pursuing us no matter where we are, 
no matter where we think we are, no matter what we think we're doing, He's pursuing us. And God was pursuing me during this time. Uh, and I didn't even realize it, you know. Uh, I didn't even think about it, you know. But I had godly parents and, and godly women in that church where I was raised praying for me. They were praying that I would turn my life and I would serve the God that I knew loved me and the God that I knew was pursuing me, that I would serve Him. And uh, as, as time went on, I just, you know, uh, I got out I, in my work. I started having problems in my work and I started having issues, you know. seemed like first, you know, things that one thing and another would happen or, you know, I'd be in trouble or, or just, you know, different things. And, and you know, it's because I was, I was chasing, chasing the world. And um, so one, one week uh, we were going on vacation, you know, and uh, we stopped and we was going to Florida or somewhere on vacation. And we stopped in a Shoney's in uh, Baton Rouge one morning on the way to have breakfast. You know, we walked in Shoney's, and I looked, and there was one couple sitting in there, and uh, a man and a woman, they were sitting in there. And we walked in, and we sat down at a table not far from them. You know, we ate our ate our breakfast, and we got to leave. Nobody was in Shawnee's, if you can believe it, for breakfast except that I can remember, except us and, and that one couple. Maybe someone had walked in toward the front, but we got up to leave, and uh, the man spoke. He said, "Hey, how you doing?" I said, "Doing good." He said, "He said, I just want to tell you something, and I don't know if it's I don't know that." Anybody remembered it but me? I said, he said, I just want to tell you God loves you. He said, you know God loves you? I said, he said, yeah, I know. I know he loves me. That's all that was said. We walked on out and went on about our merry way and went on our vacation. And uh, when we got... When we when we got back and you know Sunday came around and Mom said hey you bringing them kids won't you come to church I said oh I don't know Mom I might come one Sunday so you know I, I went I went finally went I gave in I said okay I'm gonna go I'm gonna go make Mama happy and uh, I got there and you know naturally I sit far back in the back of the churches you know I couldn't. I guess Mom and Daddy didn't want us to feel, want me to feel, you know, separated. So they even moved back, and they normally sat way up on the front. And uh, you know, I was sitting in there, and I would go. And a preacher had started preaching. He was he had they just started there, and he's about my age. And he preached, you know, and I he preached, and I was the only person sitting in that church I know I had to have been the only person because it looked like he was looking straight at me and talking straight to me because every I, every word he said applied to me you know it was it was it was what God's message was for me and I would just you know I would you know kind of shrug it off I knew and God was dealing with me he had started dealing with me and uh you know, they'd give the invitation. They gave the invitation and we stood up. I mean, I felt God dealing with me. I didn't I didn't budge. You know, I sat there. I said, we're going to get through this invitation. I had to hold. I was holding on to the back of that pew. And like I said, uh, I know there has to be claw marks still on that pew there where I was at that day because I said, I'm, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to walk out of here. I'm not going to leave. And go down there. I'm just not. So I made it through another service. I made it through a service. Got out. You know, I said, oh, that wasn't too bad. You know, so kept on. You know, I didn't probably didn't go the next Sunday. But it, as time would go on, Mama would say, hey, why don't you? Why don't you bring them kids and go to church? With it? I said, 
I might call Mama. You know, I don't know. I'd bring them over there, not for Sunday school. I wouldn't go to Sunday school, and I'd come, and I would, uh, I would get there to church, and there I was again that Sunday, just sitting there. You know, he's preaching right at me again. He's talking to me, and God's dealing with my heart. God's moving in my life, and I didn't even know it. You know, I didn't even realize that God's, you know, God's, God's dealing with me. You know, and that, that invitation would come around. I would be like, oh, man, you know. And I would I would hold on and I wouldn't go, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't let go. What are people going to think? What are people going to think? I'm supposed to have got saved in this church here 15 years ago. What are they going to think about me now? I'm sure, I'm sure most of them already knew the life I was living away. Um, so... I, um, as time went on and I would, I would go and, and we would, uh, you know, Sunday after Sunday, mama would tell me, she'd say, son, you need to start coming to church more often. I'd say, okay, mama. So I did. I started coming to church and, uh, and, and I still don't think it was, you know, I don't recall it wasn't every Sunday, but I start going and God just started dealing with my heart one Sunday really, really strong, you know. And, and I was like, I still resisted. And and, and we had went on a, uh, we'd went on a, uh, my wife had a class. We had to go in Dallas not long after one of those days. And we had went and there was some kind of, um, they were having some kind of uh, church group there. It was a, uh, they were having some kind of thing there at this hotel we were staying in. And I got in the elevator one night. On, we was coming back and, you know, and got on there. And there was this one guy got on there and he said, you know, how you doing? Spoke a minute. And before he got off or before we got off, he said, hey, I just want to tell you something. He said, God loves you. I said, yeah, I know he does. I know he does. And um, it was just little things like that. God was dealing with me and dealing with me. And a few weeks went by and a, a guy from my work that I work with, you know, they were, he said, hey, man, I want you to stop one day on your way home out there on 28. And uh, they were they was they were selling the crushed concrete out. He said, I need to get some of that for my driveway. Won't you stop and see how much it is for me? I said, Sure, no problem. So I stopped in there one day and I pulled up there and there wasn't any any anybody there. I saw one vehicle sitting way in the back, you know, and I was like, Yeah, there might be somebody. So I drove back there. Talked to the guy. He said, "Hell yeah!" He told me. He gave me a price, and he told me, you know, he, sh- he told me what it was, and I, I, I just thought he was funny. I saw him when I pulled up. He was sitting there, looked like he was reading. I said, "Okay." So I started to leave, and I said, "You know, thank you." He said, "Hey man, you got a minute?" I said, "Yeah, what you need?" He said, "Can I tell you about Jesus?" I said, yeah. I said, I kind of already know. I said, I've, I've, you know, I've kind of been in a place in my life that I ain't been really living, doing what I should do and uh, living for God. He said, he said, well, can I pray with you? I said, sure. So he prayed with me and. And I went away from there that day. You know, God was dealing. He was He was moving in my heart. And I was resisting and I was resisting. I was saying no. So another Sunday came around. And it was Mama again. She said, Son, you coming to church today? I said, I said Yeah, Mama, I'm coming. I'm going to come. So I got there that day, and I was sitting there, you know, preacher started preaching. I could feel God dealing with me in my heart. 
could feel it on it, you know. I was like, oh, man, you know, really? I said, you're not going to let up, are you? And uh, so he, you know, the, the invitation came around and I was like, okay. God, he said, take that step. Just take that one step. Take that step, and I'll do the rest. I said, what are people going to think? Man, I'm trying to hang out. I'm trying to live this life, you know. I'm, I'm doing things in the world, and I'm, I'm living a life. I said, what are people going to think? How am I going to go back to all these people that I hang out with and all the people that I party with and do all this stuff with? How am I going to go and tell them that I got saved? You know, and I started thinking of a million reasons not to go and not to go. And finally, God was just drawing me and he, and he said, just take that first step. You know, I would always sit, you know, in, in the pew, you know, where, you know, I would sit two or three people on that side. And we said, oh, well, you know, I can't disturb these people going out. I can't get around these people. I got to, I would try to make an excuse. And, uh. So God, you just that day He was so strong. I said, "Okay, God," and I took that step out of that pew, and I don't remember anything from the back of that church to when I shook that preacher's hand. He asked me. He said, "He said, hey, brother." He said, "What?" What's going on? I was by that time, you know, I was I was bawling the time I got down the side. And uh he said, Are you saved? I said, I don't know, but I wanna be. And that day I said, oh, I kneeled down off that altar and I gave my heart to Christ. And he changed me. And I had this joyous celebration with my mom. And my dad. You know. All that stuff. I thought I was going to miss out on the world. I had to offer. You know that preacher would say every Sunday. He would say. He said what are you holding on to in this world. That's worth passing up eternity with me for. And I was, I was sit there, and I, you know, I had excuses. What are you, what are you hanging on to? What has this world got? He said, "We're here, we're here, and we're gone. Our life is just a vapor. It's that little thing you see when you're pumping your gas. That little vapor comes off. That's how short our life is. And you're going to pass up eternity. What are you going? What are you holding on to?" And he would tell me that every Sunday. And, and praise God, I didn't hold on to that. I held on to Christ. And you know, God blessed me with a, an awesome wife. <laughs> She's an awesome mother. She blessed me with two awesome kids that I've seen come to know Christ. And the things that this world offers is things that they can't offer kneeling with your son at the altar and asking him to come and accept Christ as his Savior. The world can't give you that. They can't give you that. It's one of the greatest joys you'll ever know. He's blessed me so much. And uh, I thank him every day for what he's given me. I thank him for the life. And if you're here with your mama today and she's a godly woman, no. I don't know where you're at with God. I don't know where you're at. I know you're here for a reason today. You ain't, you're not here by chance. 
If you have your mama here today, or if your mama's still alive, you hug her neck if you can today, and you tell her, I love you, mama. Because mamas are a gift from God. They're a gift from God. Just know that. So I pray today that if you're here and you don't know Christ, what are you holding on to? What has this world got to offer you that you're going to pass up eternity with him for? What has it got to offer you? He's the one. He is the one that can give you everything. He is he's the, he's the only one. And uh, there was a uh, there was a this past week I ran across the poem that uh, that speaks to that and it speaks to the the love of a father because he is the one and I just want to read it to you and I'll, I'll stop all my babbling and and uh, go on, but I just want to read this to you. It's called the name of it's called the one, the one, the way, the truth, and the life, the guide that leads us through the night, the one who keeps us safe and sound, the one who made us heaven bound. The one whose name is Jesus Christ, who gave his life to pay our price. He took the nails through hands and feet. He died so we could come to him to give our lives, to die to sin. He let his skin and flesh be torn so we could die and be reborn. Reborn to life, a life of love, to love in us what's up above. He lives inside me, inside my heart. He is my maker. I am his art. All earthly pains have met their end. They died when I met my best friend. Jesus, Savior, Lord, and love, which one is it? All of the above. If you're here today and you can't say that, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised another breath. But I'm telling you today that you're here. You, I don't know. You, you, God's put you here to give you another chance. So if you still have your mother, love her, and know that she's special, and know that she's praying for you, even if you're an adult, if you're a kid, or what you are, Know that a mom and her love is special. Thank you all. Please be seated. You know now, I love this guy. When Robert shared his testimony with us at the men's retreat, it was so good. I just want to get saved again. I mean, it was just precious. And I thought, this is something we all need to hear. So I'm going to ask you to bow with me. And I just want to draw your attention just to a couple of things from what Robert has shared.
First, many of you are here today and you're a mom and you've been praying a long time. You've been praying a long time. You've got a wayward child, a son, a daughter. And you know the way that the heart of Robert's mom was burdened. I want you not to lose heart. The Apostle Paul says that we will, in due time, reap a harvest if we do not grow weary in well-doing. And so I want to encourage you, moms, you to keep praying. Keep modeling the gospel and offering the gospel and ministering the gospel to your children and to your grandchildren. She, Robert's mom, reached them first. And so, I want to encourage you moms. The second thing I want to call your attention to is, is if you're a mom that's not engaged in the process of salvation for your children, that today would be the day that you as a mom would give your heart to Jesus Christ. You would hear this beautiful story of how one mom affected one man and a whole family because of her devotion to Christ. Mom, your influence here today is incredible, unmatched. And so I want to encourage you that if you are here today and you're a mom and you're either not walking with Christ, maybe walking at a guilty distance, or you don't know Christ, that you this day would stop holding on to whatever it is that the world has been offering you. You would let it go because what Jesus offers you is so superior to anything the world offers. And third, I want to call your attention that you may be a child, a son or a daughter who's been prayed for by a mom. And you're here today. And it's time. Just like Robert sensed when he was in church and somebody was speaking to him, you sensed it today when Robert was speaking. It was as if it was directly to you. And you knew that God has been calling you to Christ. And today would be a glorious day to give your heart to Jesus. To finally do like Robert did. Let go of whatever it is you're hanging on, whether it's your pew that you're holding on to or it's something in your life that you've made into your God, that you would release that and you would come to Christ and be saved. You see, the Bible says that God does love you immensely and intensely. So much that He gave His one and only Son. That if you would place your faith in Him, that you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life, eternal life. And He brought that about by Jesus coming to earth and living sinlessly. And dying as a sacrifice, as a substitute for your sins, personally. And He was raised from the dead, genuinely. And He reigns at His Father's right hand, victoriously. And if you would turn and give your life to Christ by repenting of your sin and placing your faith in Jesus, He will wash away your sins. And He will give you the kind of joy that Robert described today. A joy that's greater than anything this world has to offer. Greater than any person can give you. Greater than anything can give you. A joy that is full and complete. And so I'm going to invite you to come to Christ now. You say, Pastor Bart, I'm ready. What do I do? Pray with me. No prayer is a magic prayer, but if you in your heart would call upon God today to save you through Christ, He will save you. Pray with me. God in heaven, I'm a sinner. I know it. And God, I know that you know it. And I'm wrong. And I'm sorry. But this very moment, I believe this good news I've heard. 
that Jesus came to live the way I should have lived. He was perfect. And I'm not. And He came to die the way that I should have died under your punishment, under your wrath. And I believe He was raised from the dead. And because I believe that, I'm asking you today, God in heaven, save my soul. Wash my sins away. And give me this joyful life that Robert spoke of. The joy that Jesus describes. I thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that today, it would be a glorious Mother's Day for you to come forward. Grab the hand of one of our staff members and say, I am following Christ. I'm giving my life to Him. Mom, it would be a great day for you to come and continue that prayer at the altar today for a wayward child. That would be a great day for you today to give your heart to the Lord and join your wife in ministry to your children. However God is working in your life today, would you stand and would you hear His Word and would you come?
Thank you for that testimony. Um, many of us can can look and see that there are sometimes it was a mother, a grandmother, another friend who patiently loved us, cared for us and prayed for us through many, many years. And God was faithful um, to bring us to himself through that. So uh, thank you for for that testimony. It reminds us of many of us, most of us, and uh, also reminds me of many of those that I love. Thank you, Robert. This morning, I'd like to invite uh Curtis and Tammy Sellers and family, you guys stand forward. They have come to uh, join our church. Move the move the letter here. Many many of you have gotten to know them over the last few months. I've gotten to know them as my neighbors also, and I know that they go way back with uh, many of you here. But uh, they've been faithfully. Um, coming and being a part and, and have really just jumped in in lots and lots of ways over the past few months especially. But now it's official. They're uh, Kingsville members. So welcome. welcome. Kevin's going to walk them out. I also want to uh, just let you know of one thing on your way out of the service. I want you to know that you can stop by. There's a couple of tables right outside of the service that have some little orange ribbons. I'm going to orange cross kind of to signify that. The orange ribbons are to remind us to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are being persecuted for their faith in Christ. Many of you have heard over the last few weeks and months stories of those. This has been going on for, for decades and decades that people are persecuted 
Um, and many have lost their lives and lost loved ones because of faith in Christ. Um, and we should remember to always pray, but specifically um, want to encourage you to, to take a ribbon and remember to pray as you uh, put on that ribbon, as you place it places in your pocket, wherever, to remember to pray for those uh, brothers and sisters who've been persecuted um, before their faith. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and dismiss um, in prayer for our brothers and sisters now. <clears throat> Father, we pray thanking you that you are faithful. Father, as, as Robert has reminded us that you are, you are the one. Father, you are the greatest. Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters who are, who are uh, making the ultimate sacrifice um, for your name. Father, help us to see um, how glorious you are. Father, I thank you for those brothers and sisters around the world who have found you faithful and have found you worthy to give their lives, to give everything for. So, Father, I pray that you would help the families of those affected. Father, I pray that you would, um, that you would glorify yourself even through the death of those who honor and worship you. So, Father, we pray uh, for them. We pray that you would keep those safe who are under persecution, Father. But I pray especially that you would keep their hearts near to you, Father, that you would show yourself glorious. You would continue to show yourself worthy of all honor, all praise, and even all sacrifice. Father, help us to go forward from this place, loving you and worshiping you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.